All right, everybody. Today's a special uh, edition of Stories from Bittersweet Farm, where I take you into the auditorium of the Bethel Church. Last Sunday morning, at the end of my sermon, I told two stories. I want you to hear them. They're the stories from Bethel, but stories from Bittersweet Farm, where every day is a beautiful day, and a little light in the kitchen is always on. Enjoy. And so what I'm getting at here, if you've missed it, is can I challenge you to have a holy consecration of yourself to God? Just pray to God and say, God, I give you all of myself. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll give what you want me to give. I'll trust you that you have a better plan for my life than I ever could. I know your hands are bigger than mine. I know your plans are greater than mine. Rich Mullins did that. I'll tell you a story. Rich Mullins, if you know who Rich Mullins is, you're old like me. He's like a contemporary Christian music singer for old people back in the day, and he was great. He wrote some, some great songs. He had kind of a unique ministry. He was a single guy, never married, drove around the country in a Jeep, made a ton of money, made a ton of money in Christian music. He made so much money that it troubled him. He felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, I, want you, I don't want you to take all that money and spend it on yourself. So this is what Rich Mullins did. Rich Mullins got a group of pastors and Christian leaders together and created a little board of directors for his wealth. And he said, I want you every year to calculate what is the average um, salary of a worker, of a common laborer in America, and I want you to give me that much money out of all this money that comes in. I want you to give me that much money for my salary. And then I want you to decide where the rest of it goes. And during his lifetime, that's what he did, his entire life, as long as he lived. And, and some of that money went to, uh, to indigenous peoples in the Southwest, and he took a real interest in them. He would go and live in these huts with these Indian children and many disadvantaged people, difficult people, problems with alcohol and such. And he would go, he would go, he was, his song was sweeter. His life was more powerful because he was consecrated to God. And the, and the evidence was he consecrated even his money to God. It's not mine, God, it's yours. My time isn't mine, it's yours. My words, I can't just say what I think or what I want to say. I have to put it through a filter. Would this be true and honorable and good? So today, I'm thinking about a woman whose name was Helen Barth. You, you wouldn't know who Helen Barth is, but I do because when I was a little boy, my mother had a... Uh, she had a, a record player, and she had a record by Larry Whiteford, who I, was a pastor that sang, and I eventually got to work with him. And she had records by Gloria Rowe, who had beautiful keyboard stylings. And she had records by Helen Barth, who used to sing on Moody Radio. Helen was a singer when she was a little girl. She loved to sing. And then she became a dance band, a blues singer and a dance band singer. It took her to some shady places, but she had a good heart. She loved working with kids. She decided that she needed some more training to work with children. And she was a good, good egg. So she, she heard that she could go work with children, but she needed to go to college. But she came from a really rough family that didn't have much money. So Helen heard about a school that was tuition paid that donors paid the tuition. And if you got to be in that school, you could go without paying tuition. And that's how she ended at Moody Bible Institute. And Helen Barth was very sincere, but when she was there in chapel, one of the first chapels, some of the other girls got up and they began to tell about how they got saved. And she thought, wow, that's, that's remarkable. 
I don't remember ever having that experience. And that night she went back to her room at Moody and she prayed and she was saved, but she didn't tell anybody because she was sure if they found out that she came to Bible college unsaved, they would kick her out. And so it was a long time later that she would say that she got saved at Moody. One time she was singing and a boy came up to her after she was singing and said to her, you used to sing in a dance band, didn't you? And she was kind of shocked. She said, how did you know? And he could tell, I could tell the way you were singing. Well, that broke her heart because she wanted to put her past behind her and consecrate her song to God. So she went back to her room again. And she got down on her knees and she said, God, I just want to sing for you. She just made it. You don't want to have to do this, but it's what she did. She said, I, from, in my lifetime, I just never want to sing unless I sing for you. And she consecrated her singing to God. Well, later, they put her on Moody Radio. And so people all over Chicago and all over the nation that would listen to Moody Radio would hear Helen Barth singing live on Moody Radio. And one day, while she was singing, Tommy Dorsey, leader of a famous dance band, stops at Moody Bible Institute while she's singing live on the air and waits for her to come off the air and offers to have her travel with him in his dance band. She was very gracious about it and thanked him. But she said to him, you know, I've, I've made a deal with the Lord that I will only sing songs for the Lord. And so I appreciate your offer, but I can't take it. There was another man that heard her on the radio. His name was Rainey. He was a pastor in Michigan. And he thought she had such a lovely voice. He imagined she was a lovely person. And so he went to see her in person. And sure enough, she was lovely in her youth. And he arranged to meet her. And uh, he was single. And she was single. And so he arranged to have her come and sing at his church to edify his people. <laughs> and he was also a smart young man. And so Helen Barth went to Rainey's church. Helen went to Rainey's church. And, and they eventually got married. And when people heard they were going to get married, she was so popular on Moody Radio that they decided that they would invite anybody who wanted to come. And their, their wedding was at Moody Church. And there were 1,800 people there. And George Beverly Shea sang at Helen Barth's wedding. They started a little church in Dwajak, Michigan, called Calvary Bible Church. There was a divorced woman that lived there, and a friend who had been praying for her um, died, and they had her funeral at Calvary Bible Church. And her friend, this divorced lady named Charlotte, went to the funeral, and the pastor gave the gospel, and Charlotte got saved. And Charlotte was my grandmother. And my grandma and grandpa got back together by the grace of God. We're living together the rest of their life. Follow the Lord. Helen and her husband Rainey went off to the mission field. They went to Germany. And they served on the mission field in Germany. They came back and they sang with Billy Graham in rallies across the nation. I was at a homeschool meeting. Uh, warning, long story. Um, I was at a homeschool meeting. Uh, a few years ago, and there were thousands of people there. And I thought Helen Barth was dead. I figured she couldn't possibly be alive anymore. She lived to 98, by the way. But I thought, well, she couldn't be alive anymore. And, she, and, and Al Smith was licking him, and he goes, I'd like you to hear from Helen Barth. And I'm like, Helen Barth? She couldn't possibly be alive. Sure enough, this white-haired elder lady gets up and sings, and I'm like, that's the song I remember when I was a little boy. She would sing on records when I would go to sleep as a little boy. My mom would say, she taught me music, even though she didn't personally teach me music. I mimicked her style. Helen's daughter said, your mom does sound a lot like my mom. She told me one day. 
a few years later, I was assigned to run this ministry in Flint, and I got a phone call that my brother Nathan, who's a piano player, was going to be in town. I said, why don't you stay the night? He said, sure. I got another phone call, and this was really a surprise. They said, Helen Barth is in town and Rainey, and we'd like to tour the inn. I'm like, okay, well, that's great because my brother's here. I said, we'll make you a deal. I said, I'll make you a deal. We'll give you a free night stay if you give us a free concert, and my brother will play the piano for you. And she did that. You remember that? Out in the lobby, we had this beautiful grand piano right in front of the fireplace. And that night, this elderly, godly, consecrated follower of Jesus lady stood and sang, and then she testified and exhorted the kids in between. It was an amazing thing, and that's how I knew the family. So when she died, her daughter called me and said, would you be willing to give my mother's eulogy? I was shocked. They didn't know him that well. But I realized that God was arranging something sweet. So I called my mother and I said, Mom, you aren't going to believe this, but you know, your mentor, the lady you looked up to, she passed away, Helen Barth. Her funeral's going to be in Indiana. Can I pick you up? Because I'm doing the eulogy. So I picked my mom and dad up and I got to do the eulogy at Helen Barth's funeral. And you can see it. I, I linked the video on our website. You can watch it if you want to. At the end of that, they handed me an honorarium. It was right about a time when my ministry ended at my last church and I was unemployed. And I was feeling pretty concerned. I gave the, I took the gift and it was generous. And I said, Mom, I want you to have this. This is about you. This is why God allowed this to happen. I want you to have it. I gave it to my mom. My mom said, no, no, no. I'm not taking that. I go, yeah, you got to take it. I'm, I'm not taking it. This God arranged this for you, and I want you to have it. So I gave it to my mom, and then a few weeks later, I got online, and I started raising money to go on the road, and my first donation was my mom gave me that money back. <laughs> At Helen Barr's funeral, I was able to say this. Only God can measure the power and the influence of a consecrated person. 